you know, a lot of people are only talking about uh, decarbonizing or doing something, and this is a kind of a proof point. That it's, a, it's a long story, which started already a couple of years ago, and then we did the first conversion from this uh, ship here. At that time, the name was Vesamadi. We converted it from from a uh, conventional, let's say, diesel engine, mm. heavy fuel oil, to a dual fuel, which, which means gas. Yes. So that was a, was a tough, tough project, and without the clear commitment of, of, of um, at that time, the owner, Vessels, and some entrepreneurial guys, yeah. and, and like, like Stefan Efting, he was heavily involved, yeah. this would never ever happen. Yeah, but but actually, the, the interesting thing we we were talking about uh, from 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 your point of view, you you understand that synthetic natural gas SNG, as I understand it, doesn't pose technical problems for your no. machinery. You, it's the same molecule, yes. so you know. Yes. I, I mean, obviously, you need to check, but you you you're pretty. Confident that we are, it, it we are will 99.9% confident. Look, it's similar things. It's not the first time that we're going to build and design, no. let's say, engines and also being part of the Volkswagen group. You know, cell, this V power is, is also synthetic fuel, right? So it's, it's also, uh, I mean, this, uh, the fuel itself, the components, it's, it's totally identical. Yeah. So, so actually, the, the, it's, a, it's uh, the, the, the implications are the change it has for LNG, because it, it, it opens yeah. up... Uh, it, it opens up a, a sustainability path for LNG. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so that would seem to be the, the big, the big, the big change. So it's almost like an infrastructure or a bunkering story yeah. for us. Yeah. Uh, do you see bunkering or, or the availability of LNG or mm. is, is, is is there? So uh, yeah. as as Wayne said, we have done many of these conversion projects, but now the next step, of course, is to use, instead of LNG, SNG. And SNG these days is, is not in the quantities available which, which the, the marine the shipping industry really would need. Yes. And so it's, a, it's, it's like a chicken, chicken and an egg discussion, what comes yeah. first. But the demand of the shipping industry yeah is so huge we are talking about 300 million uh, tons of um, diesel fuel which needs to be replaced so there is a business case if we're gonna scale it up production needs to be scaled up of course we need renewable energy sources to produce hydrogen first of all but uh, I'm, I'm quite sure that this will come this will come, definitely. Because there's no alternative than the decarbonization of the fuels. So, so, so you, you see SNG as an integral part, as a, as a central part yeah. of the... Yeah. You have to forgive my German... Energiewende. Because it's identical to LNG. It's yeah. really... But it's uh, in terms of emissions, it's one step further on to the, let's say, CO2 emissions. And, uh, 
So as you see in here, I mean, whether it's LNG we're going to bank or SNG, there's not a difference. Not yeah. at all. So, um, uh, and obviously there's a lot of focus in Germany at the moment on, on future uh, environmental policy with the, the, the possible change in government. Um, so so do, do you think that there's... You know, one of the advantages of this event is to, to show that SNG is... To demonstrate that technologically it works, there's still the, the topic we one needs to make it a, a commercial business case, so to say, because no one will invest in a, in a fuel which is four times higher for nothing, so to say. So if regulation pops in and forces everybody to, to go into this direction. Yes. That's why we are also saying, look, uh, whether we like it or not, but as, an, as a tool we need to have an appropriate CO2 price. So whoever is, is uh, polluting the air with, uh, with CO2 or all kinds of emissions has to pay for it. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it changes. Then of course it is also the SNG, SNG production itself which which needs to be more efficient and um, like like Mr. Peng has mentioned yes. there are certain parameters we should not only think about uh, let's say building small scale small plants yes. 5 to 10 megawatt electrolysis we need to build 50 or 200 yeah. megawatt the, the bigger a plant is the more efficient it is the capital costs go down yeah. we need to demonstrate also but the technology that electrolyzer can be more efficient yes and, and, and the third thing and I don't know if this this hasn't been touched on but for the, for the carbon dioxide for the production of the, the SNG if it was captured if it was re, uh, reused reused that's it. so that's also a, it a, is. a necessary uh, you need to create that, that yeah. that's I mean, as, as I said look a lot of people they, they, they have a dream which is fine but I say okay let's do one step after the other so carbon capture and storage for instance there are industries uh, let, let's take the, the, the cement industry I think some, somebody has mentioned yeah. it also the, the, yeah. the Mr. Albrecht has mentioned also there there's there you have no alternative because in the in the cement production you produce anyway yeah. CO2 so you have to capture the carbon that's the only solution so yeah. what what shall we do with the carbon now yeah. so just instead of blowing it into the air yeah. let's reuse it once again yeah. so it's not the optimum right it's not the optimum. This is this. Or, or, or Heidelberg are thinking about putting it in the sea. Aren't they? Yeah, we they're, have. They're we part have part of that Norwegian project. Yes, awesome. We are. We are. We are partners there. Yeah. We are partners with Arco Carbon Capture. Yeah. And us, we have developed a process where we take out out of the process the CO2, we liquefy it, and then we bring it down to the sea of an oil uh, of an old oil I think it was an oil um, the, 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 the gas fields gas fields or yes. whatever yes. it is yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. exactly the one yeah. okay you can store it there but you can reuse it 
but, but, that, but that the economics of that project only works if there's a carbon price. Absolutely. And, and it has to be at least fifty dollar, fifty euros a ton, or it, or which is which is today which is today the case here in, in, in Europe at least. It's above fifty already. I mean, sooner or later this will go up to 60, 65, and I see uh, uh, CO2 price in the near future up to 100 or even 110. Yeah. And there are countries around the globe yeah. which have this price level already. Yeah. So th th there is a mechanism which allows a higher CO2 price, but on the other side supports also other activities, you know. So, so I, I had a question, I, I sent you through some very simple questions, um, uh, but, but one of the interesting things for me is you're, you're responsible with the board, you're setting the direction for the business. How do you manage when you have, we're talking about Norway, where they have a uh, CO2 price which might be 200 or 250 by 2030, um, Europe which might have something else and then Europe, but other parts of the world which might not. Uh, just it would be easier if there was if we would have on an on an uh, let's say on a worldwide basis regulations which are for all the same that would make life for us of course easier but that's not the case so we can only act as a kind of a um, let's say a, a, a front runner to push and to show and to demonstrate that it really works if the cer if certain boundaries are given and uh, we addressed that also to mr albrecht mm -hmm. that some regulations needs to be changed and I was happy to hear that he said, yes, you're totally right. We need to change our mechanism. Yes. What was valid maybe two couple of years ago is maybe in the future no longer valid. I mean, we, we brought renewable energy sources in, in, in place via the, how do you call that, the geomlage and all that stuff. Uh, basically the subsidy or the subsidy of, of, for, of for renewable power. energy in, in yeah. Germany. But, but, but having that on top of, of it, of, of yeah. electricity being generated, mm -hmm. it makes electricity uh, price-wise not attractive. Too expensive. It's too expensive. I mean, so we have to skip that and say, look, this is this was good yes. to push renewable energy, yes. but now to bring H2 and green H2 into operation and make that profitable or make that a business plan. Yes. We, we have to we have to produce electricity as cheap as possible. It's the major disadvantage for Germany at the moment. The, yeah. the electricity price, I think, is yeah, it's too high. Also uh, yeah. for industry, I think it's yeah, it's a yeah, problem. it is. And, and and frankly, the yeah, it, it, power to X can't, can't work. Uh, no, with no. this level. Yeah, no. If, if you have as input parameter. Uh, an electricity price which is between 12 and 14 cent per kilowatt hour compared to Chile where we have 1.2 cent it's a factor 10 or even more so yeah. I mean it's, it's interesting it's outside the scope of the conversation but but when they were discussing the fit for 55 proposals one of the if, if they'd applied I think it was the carbon border adjustment mechanism if they if that had been applied to scope 3 emissions then it would have encouraged industry to move to other areas lower, of the world. lower energy costs like exactly. Iceland. Or exactly. Exactly. So, so that was why it had to change. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, 
um, yeah, uh, perfect. Um, so, um, but, but more, more interesting, oh, I think last time we spoke, we met very briefly. Um, I'm quite interested in your thoughts about hydrogen, if that's possible. Yeah, because sure. obviously, e-fuels is only one part of your, your broader... Uh, hydrogen, I mean, hydrogen for us is... Uh, this is the basis, really. And if you say hydrogen, I mean green hydrogen. Yeah. But also there, I mean green hydrogen. Uh, then, then we come back again. We need renewables, electricity as an input as cheap as possible. Okay. And this can only be in, in areas of the world where you have plenty of sun or wind yeah. available and a high levitation also, like Chile, like Saudi Arabia, okay. like Qatar, like wherever it is. So that, that makes it even more complicated because Europe has to collaborate with, with countries in Chile and so forth. Yes, but, 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 but as I understand it, the, the market for hydrogen, at least for stationary hydrogen, is now starting to develop in Europe. Yes, it is. I know that Caterpillar, they've, 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 uh, without wanting to talk about competitors, you know, they, they've brought out products t targeting that market. I think uh, absolutely. I spoke to Bartzilla and they're also looking at, they oh, think yeah. stationary for hydrogen is coming. Uh, and Germany is probably, already have a plant operating. Yep. So, I mean, our, our engines basically are, are more or less hydrogen ready up to 25%. Okay. Huh? So, of course, in our R&D roadmap, uh, we have also uh, projects in place yeah. to use 100% hydrogen. I would say 100% hydrogen is also not the most difficult task. It's, yeah. it's, it's somewhere in between. Okay. Because burning hydrogen with uh, methane in combination is, is a tricky thing. Mm -hmm. But um, I think in a couple of years from now, we are, we are there. Yes. So, so, with the with the upscaling of the hydrogen production, definitely the technology will be available. Yeah. On the stationary market, it's, it's interesting enough. I'm, I'm not quite sure whether pure hydrogen will come to, to generate once again power. Because it's uh, somehow, I would say, it's not very efficient to produce out of renewable energy source hydrogen and then burn it again in an engine in order to produce power. This might this might play a niche role, I would say. But looking at the energy content of hydrogen shows clearly we need a hydrogen carrier. That's why I'm always say, saying we need ammonia or methanol, these things. And as a basis, of course, embedded is hydrogen. So that's hydrogen will play a significant role in the energy market, in the marine business. But also there was a colleague here from Airbus. It's the same. The energy content is very, very important. There are there are some some industry sectors where you definitely need green hydrogen. There is no alternative. Yeah. But, but, but from a shipping perspective, it's just no not, not not a not realistic. Uh, there are there are better alternatives. I'm, I, I'm putting words in your mouth. No, no that, that, there is uh, there is no other option than to use, let's say, e-fuels or synthetic fuels. Whether it's synthetic yeah. LNG, whether it's it's e-methanol or e-ammonia, so to say. Yeah? Okay. But this is uh, again on a long-term basis. Yeah. On a long-term basis. Interesting. And we we were. 
I was talking to Mr. Jones about weighing about electrolyzers, which obviously you've, you've made the, the acquisition and it's like, it looks like a really interesting area. It looks like it becomes absolutely fundamental to the economics of e-fuels, the efficiency of yes. electrolyzers. Yes. So do you have any... Um, it's not our core business, but it... it but this is the future. I mean, uh, producing, let's say, components to produce H2. So we, we, we as a company, we, we, are, we are also in a transformation. Yeah. We, 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 we are trying to transform the company from a traditional component supplier of uh, engines and turbo machinery equipment to an energy solution supplier. Mm -hmm. And therefore the logical consequence is that we also establish a, a, our supply chain around hydrogen. Okay. That means if you look today at our portfolio and compare it, in the past couple of years ago, yeah. we had only engines and we had only turbo machines, full stop. Today, we have electrolyzers in our portfolio. We have uh, tanks, which are, which are capable to store hydrogen, because we made an acquisition in Sweden, Cryo. We have compressors to transport, all kinds of compressors to transport uh, hydrogen. We have the ability to do EPC, engineering, procurement and construction of all power to X plants. Yeah. And this X means we have also the reactor systems on board, yeah. the synthesis re reactors uh, in Deckendorf. So uh, that, that is, that's the uniqueness of our company, having such a portfolio looking or compared to competition yeah they have maybe this piece this piece but we have everything in hand yeah. of course the electrolysis company is a small company uh, but other other competitors have the same problem now the question is how to scale it up this company I don't, I don't, how to I don't think there are any big electric no there are any no they're not big either the the volumes we need or the, 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 the world need is so huge which means we need to go away from being a manufacturing driven company mm -hmm. and do one project after the project yeah. and moving to a serial product and and the beauty of course is we are part of the Volkswagen group but what they really can do is serial huh? yeah. they know how to to do the automation of, of the stacks and so forth, the assembly, to do it in a very efficient way. Yeah. And always keeping an eye on our technology and, 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 and I mean, I hope that, that, that all companies have learned their lessons. I'm always comparing it to the PV industry. I mean, the, the origin was also in Europe and all of a sudden it, yeah. it moved to China and now it's out of our hands. So, I say, look, the, the stack technology is the hardest, the key. This needs to be maintained and kept in-house. And, and therefore, we need to invest a lot of brain, also money, in this industrial ramp-up, mm -hmm. trying to automate as much as possible, to make it efficient, to make it cost-competitive, and then we can keep it here in Europe. Yeah. And, uh, the but, worst but, which but, could but that will depend on demand. Uh, absolutely. And, and and how do you how do you see that? The demand is huge. Look, we are we are looking 
uh, roundabout these days there are more than 70 gigawatts of projects yeah. which will come up in the next two to five years. So the question is not whether the market is there. The question is who can deliver these demands and none of our competitors nor us can do it. This is this is the <laughs> so the question really is the faster or I mean the faster we are the, in, in ramping up the electrolysis production the better it is. Yeah. Do you have any really like some certainty about I mean the CO two price needs to needs to be increased. That's that's the gradually but on a regular basis, this has to go up. Yeah, and, and, and in terms of the rules which the, the EU's announced, do you, you, you think that...? I think the, the Fit for 55, in general, the, the, the guidelines they gave us, they are not so bad. Or in general, I would say they, they support, I would support, or we would support them, so to yeah. say. This is uh, on one or the other aspect, one can debate, but in general, it's, this is the right direction. This is good that we have it. But now we need to do some sort of fine tuning because certain things, certain, certain rules or regulations or guidelines, are called that are not realistic. Yeah. And this needs to be discussed in the next couple of months. But short not power connections, for, for instance, for instance, yeah, for, for, for instance. Yeah. But but I'm happy that at least we have such a program like Fit for 55, something mm. on that on document, and now we can work on it. Yeah, and there's still time. Good. Okay. You've been very kind. Thank you very Perfect. much. Thank you.